so much for tuning in and welcome everyone i hope you're well i'm your host ben lively and you're listening to shaken awake episode number 42 i just wanted to thank you for tuning in wherever you are and whatever you're doing right this very moment and as always i promise you another great show but more than anything my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord. He's always right there beside us. And if you find any value in these episodes, the greatest thank you of all is just to pass the word to at least one person you know to help spread the show to others that you feel could benefit. So without further delay, let's get ready to invite God in with us right here, right now, and allow him to speak directly to our hearts and minds. Uh, So today's topic is, is this life all God has for me? You know, it's not a question that can be easily answered, nor is it a question that has a yes or no answer. Why is that? It's because the answer has to do with what you believe. What we believe, we do. So if I believe that that I'm in risk of, let's say, getting terminated at my job, I would step it up in all areas of my job functions and responsibilities and, you know, go above and beyond the call. If I'm serious about keeping my job and believe I stand a chance by stepping up my performance. If I don't care, I may just start looking for another job immediately and continue at the same level of performance that I'm currently performing. If I'm getting overweight and I care about losing the added weight, I'll take measure or measures to, to eat right, exercise, put uh, you know put out more calories than I consume, right? But that's only if I actually care. Otherwise, I'll do nothing or continue doing the same thing day in, day out. You know, would you agree? If I'm living paycheck to paycheck or finding that it's becoming hard to make ends meet and truly matters to me, I may take on a part-time job, reduce some unnecessary expenses, or maybe go for a higher paying job or all the above, correct? If it doesn't bother me much or it's just not worth it, to do so, I'll just continue making and spending what I have been and simply accept my financial situation. So here's the message, guys. There, abs- there, there is absolutely no difference in these three simple scenarios that I just gave that are extremely commonplace, by the way, in today's society than that of what God has in store for our life and what we choose to do about it in the life that he's given to us. I only wish that someone would have explained this to me 30 or so years ago, but no one ever did. Uh, not, not even the church. And there were several. Not only did I not care what life had in store for me, I did my best to create the life that I wanted. The life he wanted for me? Are you kidding? I was going to create the life I wanted. And I took that mindset and belief and ran with it day after day for Almost 40 years. And if you haven't already, please listen to my very first uh, podcast to see how that worked out for me. Here's a hint. Not only did it not work out well, it was a pure disaster and one that was deserving of eternal punishment in hell. You see, I also believed in God. In my mind's eye, I felt that if God had a special plan for my life, A, this couldn't be it. 
and B, he would ensure it happened regardless. So I was subliminally sort of waiting on him to make a move, right? I simply thought of John 3.16, as long as I and all the rest of us who believe in him would live out our life here on earth and then be transported right into heaven upon death and live out eternity with him in paradise. Man, was I ever wrong. You see, for one, I never read my Bible. I relied on church to feed me the word and the verses and Bible stories I was forced to memorize as a kid to be my guiding light and wisdom for the remainder of my life. I had no idea what was in the Bible, what God wanted me to do, why he created me, what was expected of me as a professing Christian, and what a true relationship with Jesus Christ even meant. I had no idea. He had been waiting on me to seek him and to surrender all to him before he was going to put anything in motion. He couldn't put his plans he had for my life in motion until I realized I needed him. And I was willing to stop giving or living the life he gave me for me and begin living the life he gave me for him. It was me who was self-sabotaging my own life. It was me that was creating and living a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was me who was creating a life of meaningless nothingness and headed for hell at that. It was me who was suffering from partaking in the life God meant for me, but seeing my life through the world's lens and not his. I had no idea the reason he put us here, whether we are saints or evil, is to live out his purpose for his kingdom. And it wasn't until I began really dwelling and reading the Bible that I began to understand through scripture and understanding being given to me by the Holy Spirit that what we do here on earth is setting us up our destiny. You know, a different way I can put this is many here on earth spend their working life creating a nest egg and a future of a, you know, a decent to good retirement before their time is up. So they live the majority of their life out for a few decades at best and at most to live a comfortable retirement. Let's just call it their investment in life, okay? No. You see, our life is to be spent for his glory and edification and to live out our lives here on earth as an investment into our kingdom. You know, I once heard this analogy that will forever stick in my memory bank, and that was life is the dressing room or rehearsal room for eternity. Perfect analogy. God has given us a definitive number of heartbeats, hours, days, years, and tasks to perform before our last breath on earth has come. It's what we do with these days that dictates what he does in our lives and what our eternity will look like. You know, my, my pastor once said the magic truth. You can either spend your life, waste your life, or invest your life. And by invest, he meant for the kingdom of God. The question is, which one of these three have you done in your life up until today? What have you done to do the will of the Father? What do I mean by that? Let's see what the Bible has to say. Forget what I have to say. Matthew 12, 50. For whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother and sister and mother. Those who do the will of the father go to heaven. In Matthew 7, 21, Jesus warns us that those who do the will of the father are the ones who will go to heaven. And not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does 
the will of my Father who is in heaven. Matthew 7, 21. That is, no one is going to heaven unless he or she is doing the Father's will. The Greek word for does is a, a, a Greek present participle, which implies ongoing behavior. I'll repeat that. The word does implies ongoing behavior. The person who does the will of God once in a while does not qualify. Jesus is describing someone who habitually does the will of the Father. So what is the most important will of the Father? 1 John 3.23, it tells us explicitly that it is the will of the Father that we believe in Christ. Notice we are commanded to believe in Christ. 1 John 3.23, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men which we must be saved. Those who obey this command are called Christians. God desires that every man and woman believe in Jesus Christ, but not everyone will obey. Only by believing in Jesus Christ will any person obey this command and go to heaven. So who does the will of the Father? You know, the message of Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 is that the Holy Spirit transforms or changes Christians so that they will do good works. Now, it's important to understand that the one who believes in Christ does the will of the Father, and then the Father transforms Christians to become like Christ. That's Ephesians 4.13. And Philippians 1-6, it reiterates this truth. It tells Christians that God started a good work, is still doing a good work, and will continue to transform us into the future. So Philippians 1-6, For I am confident of this very thing, that, who, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ. So what is God's goal for Christians? What does God want Christians to become? Ephesians 4.13 answers this question. The verse tells us that God is transforming every Christian to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. That is, God is working in every Christian to make us like Christ. He is working to make us holy. As a result, a result, only Christians are able to do good works. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. Therefore, who will do the will of the Father? The answer is true Christians. Only true Christians can do the will of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes this happen. So doing the will of the Father reveals true Christians. Now we're ready to observe, you know, Jesus' statement in Matthew 21 to 23. In verse 21, Jesus warns us that on judgment day, only those who have done the will of the Father will enter heaven. Here's Matthew 7, 21 to, uh, 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform miracles? And I will... Then declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice 
lawlessness. Again, that's Matthew 7, 20 and 23. Now we must ask, who does the will of the Father? There's only one group of people who can do the will of the Father and who will do the will of the Father consistently, continually. We don't mean perfectly, right? But their pattern of life is obedience to the will of the Father. The only people who are going to heaven are those who believe that Jesus is God, died for our sins, returned to life, and because they are sinners, respond in repentance and seek God's forgiveness. It's an act of humility and a submission to Christ. Non-Christians are not obedient to God and cannot do the good works that are done by the indwelling Holy Spirit in the lives of believers, true believers. Non-Christians are not obedient and cannot obey God because good works are the work of God performed by the Holy Spirit. How a person lives their life is proof that he or she is a true Christian. Only those who believe in Christ and are depending on him for salvation will actually do the will of the Father. But notice, doing the will of God does not make a person a Christian and guarantee they'll go to heaven. That's, that is a backward the, uh, theologically. It's, it's backwards. The teaching of the New Testament is that Christians do good works. Good works do not make a person a Christian. Consequently, when Jesus said, he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter are the missing words. He was describing the character of a Christian and not how to go to heaven. So what does all this mean? How do we... How do we tie this into the trillion dollar lifelong question for many of us, which is, is this life all God has for me? There are a few answers to this question that that tie all this into the overall bigger picture. And the final answer is, here they are. Jesus said, as it states in Matthew 22, 37, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Therefore, what do you, yes, you, do on a daily and regular basis to show God and to love God with all your heart and soul and mind? I can't answer that for you. Only you can. What do you do for what you believe you do? Second, we can ask God every day, is this life all you have for me? Here's where it's going to sting a little or a lot. He's asking you the same thing. My brothers and sisters, he's asking you, is this all you're going to do with the life I've given you? You owe him that answer, not the other way around. He spoke life into you for you to be created. What are you doing with the life he chose to create just for you? You will never know or comprehend what awaits you in this lifetime, nor the next, unless you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You will never Get to experience the love that God has for you and the plans he has for your life unless you surrender all and allow him and the Holy Spirit to work through you to complete the plans they have for you. Ironically, it's you that can have abundantly more and a greater life than you could have ever dreamed or imagined, but the power of God, but that rests on what you are willing to do for him and his kingdom. On January 20th of 1961, John F. Kennedy said, and I quote, and so my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. So now on this very day, I ask you, my fellow brothers and sisters, ask not what God can do for you in your life, but what you can do for your God and his kingdom. 
So in closing, my final statement is this, as it is written in 1 Corinthians 2.9, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Don't you dare for one second think that he's only referring to heaven. He's also referring to this life we have to invest for him and his kingdom. I have never experienced the things I have on earth as it is in heaven until the day I surrendered all and began living my life for him and not myself. He has blessed me in dividends I can't even explain. And it's proof. He delivers his promises to those who love and obey him. So my final question to you is this. If you've been wondering, is this all God has planned for my life? Just know he's been asking you the same question. Once you live your life for him, you cannot fathom what he has in store for you, either in this life or the next. What are you waiting for? Don't wait another day. So before we end today's show, I just wanted to thank you all again for tuning in. I hope you were touched by today's message in scripture. I'd like to ask you a favor. Only if you've received any value out of today's show, would you tell at least one person you know? Just call them, text them, email them, talk to them. Tell them to give the the show a listen. And you can check out the show at shaken-awake.com. Email me directly at ben at shaken-awake.com or call or text me directly for any reason, 407-493-3208. Again, that is 407-493-3208. If you have any ideas for the show, let me know. Uh, If you know anyone that has had an incredible uh, testimony of coming to the Lord and you think they would be a great guest of the show, please connect with me. I'd love to hear more. And next week... Tune in next Sunday or whenever you're able as we dive into another important topic of the day, which is, why can't we make time to read the Bible? Next week's episode is another powerful and do not miss episode. Thank you all for joining. And until next week, take great care of yourself and each other. And God bless you all. 